Hello, my beautiful friend, and apologies that it's been a while since I've podcasted. Um, I actually came down with COVID, which was absolutely terrible. I'm still fighting some of the fatigue. But anyways, I am coming on today with a message from the Lord. The Lord gave me a message this week um, to reveal his heart behind sobriety. So you have you may have been feeling this conviction about letting go of alcohol or letting go of weed or letting go of any sort of vice like that. And I want to share with you God's heart behind it. Um, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 15 and sharing a little bit about that and just what God is trying to accomplish um, through your obedience eventual obedience of letting go of alcohol or letting go of yeah any vice that you might be struggling with um so anyways let's dive in hey friend welcome to beyond the booze i'm your host victoria Plummer, daughter of the most high wife boy mom and multi-passionate entrepreneur i know that you are sick of wallowing in shame after another night of binge drinking. I know that you want to quit, but you can't imagine a life without alcohol. My mission is to set you free from the lies, fears, and habits that are keeping you stuck in a toxic relationship with alcohol. In this podcast, you'll learn about spiritual growth, personal development, healthy lifestyle habits, and recovery education so that you can start living a life you love. If you're ready to take your power back, grow in your faith, and live a more purposeful life, you are in the right place. Whip up your favorite mocktail. Let's do this. Hello, my friend. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. But um, yeah, before we dive into the topic today, I wanted to celebrate a little podcast win so we just hit 50,000 downloads which is a huge milestone um halfway to 100,000 downloads which it just really doesn't even I don't even know what that it's kind of mind-boggling but it's definitely a milestone worth celebrating so yay thank you for listening for being here for um yeah just continuing to listen to the podcast I Definitely pray that it is a blessing to you and continues to equip and empower you in your Christian sobriety journey. So yeah, let's dive in. So something that God has really been revealing to me about sobriety is that it's actually a part of sanctification. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit more, Um, but I did want to start out by reading some scripture just to kind of give some, you know, obviously let God lead here and, and then we will, we'll talk about, yeah, sanctification a little bit more. Um, So John chapter 15, you may have heard this, um, these verses before, but this is all about God being the vine, that's kind of like the, it's like, I am the vine. You may have heard this verse before, but um, I'm going to read from 
John chapter 15, verse 1, all the way, all the way to verse 12. All right. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my word, words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. So I just want to highlight that we are in a pruning process when it comes to sobriety. Um, Like it says in verse two, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Um, I've been studying this verse for like weeks now. Um, I don't know why it's just been really heavy on my mind, but yeah, you know, I've realized over the years that, um, God pruned alcohol off my life, you know, and God prunes sin from us, um, so that we will be more fruitful. Um, and this pruning process is, is another word for that would be sanctification. And so I looked up the definition of sanctification, like, because I had a few questions just about that word sanctification, like, what is it? Why does it matter? And then how do we engage in this process? So sanctification, the definition from, let's see, Google (laughs) says that it's the action of making or declaring something holy. Another definition is the action or process of being freed from sin or purified. And the last definition says the action of causing something to be or seem morally right or acceptable. But I really like those first two verses about the action of making or declaring something holy. Um, So another, you know, definition of sanctification in the Bible says that it is 
to be reserved for holy use. Like, for example, um, I can't think of exactly what, you know, what the priest would probably use. But yeah, maybe you're thinking maybe like holy water, right? It's like set apart for a holy use. And so by definition, it says sanctification means to be reserved for holy use. The objective of every believer should be to hastily pursue this. Sanctification demonstrates the urgency to be emptied out of anything that impairs against being a useful vessel for God's glory. And I've experienced this myself, right? Like before I completely let go of alcohol and completely let go of weed, like I was... I believe that I was still produ- making fruit, but God like still pruned it because I could be more fruitful. Um, so, you know, you might be doing the same thing. You might still be active in your faith and you might be leading Bible studies. You might be, um, you know, making an impact on people, but still, you know, it's being pruned because you can be even more fruitful. And that is his desire. And it says that it's, um, it says that, you know, he's told us these things so that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be complete. Um, The other thing I wanted to point out is how it says that, you know, he removes the branches that uh, are not producing any fruit. So if, you maybe you are just embarking on your faith journey and you're in the very beginning and like you know you're wrestling with letting go of alcohol and um even if even if you're not in the beginning i guess this could happen happen later on like if you refuse to let god prune something from your life it doesn't mean when it says that um that the branch is thrown aside and it withers, they gather them and throw them into the fire and they burn. It doesn't mean like that you're going to go to hell (laughs) because I think that that can be a translation, but I actually really like what it says in my Bible study about this. It says, if you disconnect from the vine for too long, don't be surprised to find you're experiencing divine discipline, getting burned, this is not a description of hell, but of a spiritual of spiritual discipline and seeing your spiritual life withering. You know, like I can imagine if you are being disobedient to God and not, you know, leaning into what he's calling you to do, then you experience that distance from God, right? That no one likes to feel. Like you don't want to feel distant from God. You don't want to feel disconnected. Um, But yeah, so anyways, I'll get into how to reconnect to the vine in a little bit. We'll talk a a little bit more about that. But I did want to talk about, yeah, what sanctification is. It's setting you apart for sacred use. Like God wants to prune you so that he can use you and for you to be fruitful. Um, And so... The other thing I wanted to talk about is like, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Like, why does sanctification matter? Um, 
And obviously we talked about how like we don't want to be stagnant and like disconnected from the vine um, and from God's spirit. But I also believe that I believe that a lot of people who are probably listening to this podcast, including myself, come from a family of like where, you know, lots of members of your family were probably addicted or abused um, alcohol or other drugs. And I feel like we are at this crossroads where we get to decide because, because we are in Christ, we, we're set free from sin. We get to decide if we're, we want to continue to engage in sin or if we want to choose another path. And I'm not saying you can do that all in your own strength. Like we stay connected to Jesus to help us, you know, be set apart and sanctified and free from sin. Um, but we do still have a choice in the matter. Like when we are, when we are like spiritually dead, like before you came into a relationship with Jesus, like we just were living off of like our flesh. We were doing whatever our flesh felt good doing and um, yeah, now we get to choose, but so, you know, what I'm saying is like, maybe your family members, they were like slaves to sin. Like they may not have had that, you know, cognitive choice. Like they didn't realize they had a choice to choose between, you know, bettering their family, bettering themselves or continuing to, you know, drink and stay stagnant. Um, but we stand at this crossroads. Like you can, I just want you to imagine like generations like behind you in like a line and you're at the front of the line and there's this crossroads. Like it, it goes two different directions. You get to decide to either go the, the right way or the left way or, you know, the straight and narrow, like there's different paths we get to choose. But really I want, I, I'm talking about the decision to, yeah, to let go of, you know, whatever vice you might be grappling with. Um, that decision, that part of sanctification, I think is a part of, it, it impacts like our entire families after us. Like I did um, some studying in like I think it's like first Kings and second Kings. And they were talking about all the different Kings of like Israel and the Kings of Judah and, you know, King David, you know, I'm sure you've heard of him, but King David was, they call him a man after God's own heart. And because of his like faith and his obedience to God, like his son, Solomon, King Solomon, who wrote the book of um, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and he was known as like the wisest man alive um, because God gave him that gift of wisdom. Um, but he was blessed because of David's obedience. So he was blessed because of his father's obedience. And and kind of the opposite happened with the kings of Israel, like the evil kings, like, you know, so I, I don't have any examples, but for example, like there is a, you know, there's an evil king that evil king has a son and then the son takes, you know, is the next king up and, 
And then it'll say in the Bible, like that, that King was even more evil than his father. Like he did even more evil practices. And so like, you just imagine like it basically that sin got passed down. And so we get decide to decide if we're going to continue to pass that sin down or if we're going to change for the benefit of others. Um, and you know, our, by our obedience, we also get to bless the generations after us. Um, even if it's not like your biological children, it could be like your spiritual children, like the people that you, you know, disciple and help grow in their faith. So now I want to talk about just how do we engage in this process, right? Like, how do we engage in the process of sanctification? Um, because we know that, you know, we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it all in our own strength. Yes, we have power, um, and that's from God's spirit and God's word. We have a lot of power from that, actually. Um, which is why, you know, we have to connect to the vine so we can get that empowerment. Um, so that's basically what I wanted to talk about is like, how do we engage in this process process? Well, we connect with the vine. We connect with God. Um, and so I wanted to talk about, you know, a few ways that you can do that. Um, the first way, which is kind of obvious, but prayer and the Bible. Something I really like to do and I want to share with you so you can practice it on your own is like when I start out my quiet time in the morning. And of course, I, I don't do it the exact same way every time. But one of the things I do is like I journal out like and like I'm talking to God like and maybe I'm asking him questions and like asking for guidance. Um, and then after I write out my prayer, I read the Bible and I read, you know, whatever passage of scripture and I highlight what sticks out to me. And usually, I mean, a lot of times if I'm really paying attention, like whatever my prayer was, he answers in the Bible. Like whatever is highlighted to me in the Bible after I had prayed is the answer that I needed. And then, so I'll journal back to God about that, what he, what I read from him in scripture, which makes it more conversational and you don't have to journal. I'm just like, that's just how I am. <laughs> but you might pray in your mind or pray out loud. But if you have a hard time concentrating, definitely pray out loud. That's a, what's a good way to keep yourself focused, but also, um, journaling out your prayers is a great way to stay focused as well. Um, and then, yeah. And then reading your Bible and then talking to talking back to God about what you read. Um, the next thing I'd recommend is a worship walk. So that's another way I like to connect with God, especially if I'm short on time, but I really need to know, like I need to connect with him. I'll go for a walk and I'll listen to some worship music and I'll just kind of let myself like get really into it. And luckily where I live, I have some space. so I don't feel like people are like watching me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, as I'm like singing these worship songs that are like reminders of God's truth, it really helps me connect with God's heart and with his spirit. Um, so that's another way. And my third way that I have for you to connect with God is like to get out in nature. Um, I like to do that and like um, invite God to go on that like hike with you or that walk with you and just be like 
kind of quiet and allow yourself to just like receive, welcome him, welcome him to walk with you and just be silent and allow yourself to like listen. So sometimes it's good to listen to worship music, but other times, you know, it's really good to get in silence. And I feel like when you're out in nature, you're like engaged with God's creation and it really helps like ground you. And there's so much like God uses metaphors from nature, like obviously the vine and the branches, those are all metaphors. And so sometimes you might find yourself looking at things in nature and God is like speaking to you through something you're looking at, you know, like maybe he's telling you to pause and enjoy the moment. Like maybe he's, you know, again, I've shared this in another episode where I felt like he was like leading me beside, um, like a river, like a river and refreshing my soul, like just by sitting for a moment and allowing myself to be refreshed from his spirit. So nature and hiking is another way to connect with God. (laughs) Silence is my fourth way. So I kind of mentioned this with nature, but being silent and just kind of like being open to listening, you know, and like trying to calm your mind down to be open and receptive to receive from God. Um, And maybe you, you know, if you need help with this, set a timer for a specific amount of time to just sit. You don't want to like rush the time, but which is also why I think maybe getting out in nature in conjunction with the silence would probably be helpful um, because I don't know, I feel like it's just hard to sit still (laughs) at home and be silent, but in nature, it's a lot easier. Um, the fifth way that you can connect with God is through fellowship with other believers. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says like, and do not forsake the like gathering with each other as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I think it's somewhere in Hebrews, but it's like, I feel like the enemy or even our own flesh can like almost like hinder us from wanting to gather with other believers. But I really feel like gathering with other believers really helps encourage each other like spiritually. And so that's why that is on the list. Like I, I go to a a Bible study called BSF. It's Bible study fellowship. Um, It's actually like nationwide. So I highly recommend it. We're going through the book of John right now. Um, in September, they're starting a new semester. It's basically like a school semester, but, um, and it's a weekly study, weekly meeting. They do a weekly lecture. It's really great. Um, and it's like a weekly fellowship as well. So you're like discussing what you're learning, um, with each other. And that time whenever we're doing that is like always so encouraging to my soul. And, um, I feel like God like really speaks through others. So again, that is something I really enjoy, but I don't know if I finished my thought, but in September, they're going to be starting the book of Revelation, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but yeah, so fellowship, um, again, quick plug for Bible study fellowship. It's really great. If you're looking for a way to connect with other believers, um, to grow in your faith, to like learn more about the Bible, um, definitely recommend. You can actually jump in like anytime. You don't have to wait until September. You could jump in now 
if you wanted to. But yeah, and then my last tip would be to um, would be to work with a mentor or a coach because you know some I think there's like a gap with churches. You know, like the Sunday church model isn't working as well as it could. You know, like because. If you're just showing up on Sunday or every once a month on Sunday or every other week on Sunday, like in my opinion, it's just not enough to help you grow. Like I feel like there needs to be like some discipleship happening or, you know, even with the small groups, I think sometimes like it's just not really like it's like you're meeting other believers, but maybe they're really not helping you grow in your faith. Like you're really not talking about the Bible or talking about your faith walk. Um, and so you might need someone who is dedicated to helping you grow, um, and to engage in this sanctification process. So that is my last tip. I'm going to go through them one more time. Um, so again, to engage in this sanctification process, I recommend, yeah, one is prayer and Bible study. Two is a worship walk. Three is spending time in nature. Number four is spending time in silence. Number five is fellowship with other believers. And number six is hiring a mentor or a coach. Um, I didn't say this, but definitely a Christian mentor or a coach, because if they're just a regular coach, they're not going to be, uh, if they're not, yeah, a Christian, they're not going to be as versed in (laughs) your spiritual journey, um, because they don't have one themselves. So definitely Christian coach or mentor. And yeah, I hope that this episode was helpful for you and was revealing to you to help you understand like God's heart behind sobriety and his heart for sanctification and just how this process is a good process. Like in pruning, it might hurt, but it is good. It is, it produces good fruit. And, you know, I know that God's heart for us is to reflect his light and for us to reflect his light. Like we have to be connected to the vine. We have to be, you know, we have to allow that pruning process to happen. And so I hope that this episode has been a blessing for you. And I wanted to invite you to join my one-on-one life coaching. So I'm opening, opening up five spots for life coaching in April. So you can apply now and get you set up to get started in April. And yeah, again, I only have five spots available, but this is for you if you are either struggling to let go of alcohol or if you are, you know, beginning this alcohol-free journey, but you know you need some support, especially navigating just the highs and lows of living an alcohol-free lifestyle, if you're ready for change, if you know that you need to shift the way you think and you want to start building a life that you love, then yeah, I'd really love to partner with you on that. So um, go ahead and look in the show notes and you can apply for one-on-one 
coaching, and I will catch you in the next episode. All right. Have a great one.